Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi everyone, C.K. Sobey is here today to talk about her latest book, A Collection of Tiny Stories, Diminutive Tales from the Tip of My Imagination. It's an assortment of tiny brief stories that were born out of moments of whimsy, mystery, and longing. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. C.K. Sobey, known as Cass to her friends, continues to live a life of curiosity. She considers herself to be a seeker and explorer, and her many ventures in life attest to this. In her earlier years, she studied singing and theater. Cass is a trained mediator and worked in the San Diego Dispute Resolution Department. She also worked in the corporate world for almost 30 years. As a once active spiritual practitioner, she later became a certified hypnotherapist, bringing a deeper understanding of the inner subconscious mind to others. She has facilitated groups in a variety of subjects and a practice called soul collage for years. When CK is not writing or in her studio creating something that has caught her attention, we can usually find her in her kitchen cooking and savoring a dish with a blend of aromas wafting about or somewhere on one of her trails waving. A collection of tiny stories, diminutive tales from the tip of my imagination, is her third published book. To learn more about CK Sobe and her other works, visit her website at innerharvesting.com. Well, hi Cass, welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Well, thank you, Sherry. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Can you start us out by maybe telling us a little bit about your book, A Collection of Tiny Stories? Definitely. A Collection of Tiny Stories. Then I was thinking about they're really tiny tales. They're diminutive. And that was my second line, my subject line, diminutive tales from the tip of my imagination. It's a variety of very short, short tales. I find that that's how I write. Long novels I love, short novels I love. But this is the type of book and seems to be my style where you can read a half-page story, one total-page story. In the morning when you're waking up, just kind of getting ready for the day with your coffee, or before you go to sleep, there's a combination of subjects and uh, that's what I've also heard from people I love it in the morning I love it in the morning or just before I go to sleep it doesn't have to be read page by page you can flip around and I have it split into three sections Uh, one is inspiring odysseys which from my experiences thought blossomed into a bunch of stories And I bunched them all together. And the second section is, as it sounds, from the heart. Mm -hmm. And that can bring smiles and tears. And the last part is fanciful, which is humor and suffering. I always like to include humor. We all need some humor. Yeah. (laughs) So it just comes from the rim of my imagination. So uh, a woman in the teddy bear or a night shift about men who work the dock. So being a woman, a female, I also, men come very much into this. So it's not just a book for women. Mm. I love that they're short and impactful. 
almost meditative for the people that like to read in the mornings or at the end of the day, you know, you can pick a subject you like. And yeah, for me, that's what comes to mind, I guess, almost a story to read quickly and reflect on it. So yeah, it can become the the foundation of your day. Yeah. Sometimes rather than flipping on the news, which whether people really realize it or not, it can cause an agitation. It's nice to stay a little grounded in something that is a little bit deeper and more meaningful and and meditative, contemplative, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a hypnotherapist and a spiritual practitioner for many years, so <laughs> I guess this, this comes into the writing, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how did this book... How did it come together? Did you decide you were going to write a bunch of stories or are these stories that you've kind of thought of over the years? How did it take to kind of conceptualize this whole idea into a book? That is a great question. And and it's really interesting for a writer where we get our materials. I have been writing my whole life. Mm. When COVID came around and I decided to retire or recreate my life and just go for writing and start to publish seriously. I looked at all my writing books, things I had in the computer, things I had written with pen because I do both. And I started looking at it as an editor Mm. and I kept the stories or tales or longer Uh, maybe things that'll go into a novelette or a chapbook. I put them aside, then I broke those into areas. Long story short, I grouped those into what I thought would be books. The second book published was Musings, Woolgathering, and Ghosts. And that was a real exercise in my self-editing stories about five times. And that included also an online editing program that is quite fantastic. Mm. And uh, it's called Pro Writing. And then I sent it to a professional editor. And that's finding the right person because they can really destroy you if they're not of your genre and also of your sensitivity. Not all of us need the same type of sensitivity, but we do need to be honored as writers. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky and I found the right person. So that was musings. And then I had a bunch. I mean, I still have a lot, uh, probably well over a hundred stories of all different sorts. And I started thinking of tiny tales, which was quite different than musings because these were stories. And in my other life, which I still do, but not as a profession. I believe in imaging. I've done a lot of imaging. So there, stories can be written, stories can be shown. So musings had photographs and tiny tales had what is called fused images, copyright free images. Some of them were originally mine. So I created the narrative in imagery as well as writing and they were stories tall tales not just thoughts that came to me and i thought "Hmm, there's something here and uh started my very hardcore editing and no this is no good no this is no good because for the mind to switch from the writer and become your editor 
that's where I believe the sweet spot is deciding what really is excellent versus, oh, this is pretty good. Mm. And then working from there up. So Tiny Tales is just uh, came about. It was time to move that along. And I was really rolling on doing the imaging for some of those stories and enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I still have many stories. And as I was chatting with you earlier, I have two more books that are calling to me some of which will be like the amusings too, I'm going to call outpourings, I believe. And the other one is just a unique unfolding of my memoirs. And I'm still playing with that. Yeah, so I do have a base and I continue writing those, Sherry. I don't just use the stories that I have found Mm -hmm. from whatever that I save or rewrite. You know, I may delete three quarters of it because a quarter of it is the jewel and then see if I can create something from there. So that's how how I do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Breaking down your writing like that and just kind of taking parts of this and parts of that, kind of the the meat of the story, if you will, reminded me of a conversation I had with a lady that writes flash fiction recently, and it's just like writing a story in 100 words or less, you know, and that's yeah. that's purposeful, but it just kind of reminded me when you – talked about your process purposeful is a great word Mm. because if we really want to do it we have to be purposeful and being a writer in itself or a sculptor or a cook or any of that is fantastic because we have something we enjoy doing then if you want to take it up a notch or two and become more professional be recognized you want to put your best out there I would think. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's getting to the meat or there's just a sparkling like a jewel. You can it's good to read the story out loud. One of my teachers um, in a writing group I still see after 15 years, once a month, wonderful group of people. Mm. And he said, Mm -hmm. when you think you have a story, change the font, change the size, read it out loud. And all of a sudden, some part of it will really spark that what you call the meat of it. And sometimes the other is just dressing. And sometimes the other really isn't up to the meat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just with purpose because you want to be doing your best and telling the best story or creating the best sculpt, painting, meat sauce, flower garden, whatever it is, solution. You know, you want to do it the best. So it it takes the stretch from being the one that's doing it to being the one that is now witnessing it with a colder eye. Yeah. When we first talked early on and, and you decided to do this the interviews with us, I was like, oh, my gosh, you sound like such a fun person. Um, <laughs> and I find that most creatives are not just a writer, not just an artist. You know, it, um, it's well-rounded, like you mentioned, the cooking, the gardening. It's It's all a part of your creativity. Where does that stem from? Oh, well, my parents were very gifted dancers and uh, my dad was a jazz musician and they were completely crazy people and I wouldn't want to do it again. (laughs) But I caught, I guess, that vibe. But my mom would 
hand spin stories and she'd tell me at night as I went to sleep and the bed that I laid on had all of her handmade fluffy petticoats up above and there were pale pinks but she used to be a ballerina oh, so wow. she brought that into the tap jazz with my dad and grew up in vaudeville which became burlesque and that in itself may end up in this this memoir i'm still playing with but to look up into the clouds of her petticoats with her original stories i think started me as she'd read as I fell asleep, and we know the unconscious or the inner conscious mind is hearing all of this, it, I think it was connecting with me. Mm. So, yeah, she was something. She had some really good ones. It reminds me of, actually, my grandmother used to tell me stories all the time, and I wished now, as an adult, I wish I had known to write all of those down, you know, when she was still around. Yeah, or, or, or we could have them. gotten them on what you're doing now. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Tell us, you were talking a little bit about your art, um, and I, I mentioned that writing is not your only creative outlet. Can you tell us a little bit about the different mediums you used in your book, A Collection of Tiny Stories? Because some of these illustrations or maybe they're photographs or a combination. They're gorgeous. They're absolutely yes, gorgeous. Yes, they're all of, all of those. All of the above. <laughs> yeah, and then I added, because I'm all about finding the extraordinary and the ordinary, which is becoming more and more relevant to a lot of writers, mm. because it's an extraordinary world and life and everything. Um, so I won't go into that, but what I wanted to show at the end were some doodles because in the morning I've had a long practice since, God, it sounds so long now, like over half a century. Doesn't that sound ancient? <laughs> and it's really not, but it right. sounds, uh, wow. So I've always journaled okay. and I've uh, had to get rid of some of my journals, but in a sacred way. But I doodle also in my journal. There's a lot of different meditative art now, Zentangle, mm. so forth, and they're marvelous. And there's doodle books also, just some way to unwind. And it's the routine of just doing something, and our mind starts to be at ease. Well, I doodle in the morning. And some of the doodles, I thought, well, can I put, you know, just at the end, like I'll pick some of the better doodles. <laughs> so I have doodles, my personal, some of the personal doodles in there. And then some are superimposed, like three-level imagery, and I call that fused. They're fused together uh, for specific stories. And I probably could have done more, but when you're an independent publisher, which is quite different than it used to be years ago, it's really very powerful in itself and growing. Mm -hmm. uh, you still have so many images for this price and so many for that price. And so it's a different way than being a traditional publisher or getting hooked up and accepted by a traditional publisher. Right. So I put up as many as I could for what I was paying for and chose what I think to be representative of the story, though those images in themselves tell their own story, as photographs do as well. As I said in musings, you can 
okay, wow, that really goes well with the story. But if it wasn't with the story, it could prompt a whole set of different ideas, stories, and feelings. Mm -hmm. Visual prompts are amazing. What they bring up uh, our grandmother's stories and uh, all kinds of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hope everybody God. that sees that can take off on their own and do something with them. Well, they're wonderful. And I love the cover of a collection of tiny stories. It's so original. With the, with and... the rabbit? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. I had that or another one. And this one just in time really spoke louder. And I thought, okay, you're the cover. Mm -hmm. You're the cover. So you talked a little bit about self-publishing. What was one of the most surprising things you learned while you were creating your book and putting it all together? Well, I come from a marketing background. I was in corporate for almost 30 years and I'd be moved into an area and I'd spend about three, four years there and I had to come up with a five-year plan of how to get where we needed to get, whether it was fixing the territory or just beginning a new territory. And um, that was very easy for me. For some reason, I, I do have a left brain. <laughs> but when you're the writer, you, for me, I do not find it a good thing to be the everything, uh, the writer, the promoter. The, and I prefer to refer to it as independent publishing. It's changed. It's become a lot more professional. There are some wonderful groups out there. But... I reached out to magazines, spiritual centers, global. I went global because I know a lot of people around the world. And how can I just get the book out there? And it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. Plus the fact I like to share the wealth. I like to share, oh, look what we did. Uh, look who's, you know, accepting us. Look who... We've got seven um, readings set up. That that would be just lovely, lovely to have a partner in this. We're not there yet, though I imagine many independent writers are. Uh, a lot of it has to do with money, money outlay, because to do a really good work can cost some money, not necessarily. So I don't mean to scare anybody away that may yeah. be seen. Um but for me, at my time in life and all I've done, I, I certainly would love to have somebody with ideas. I love idea popping anyway. But that was the most difficult thing and continues to be the cusp of where I lose my energy is, oh, now I, oh, oh, now I have to promote it. Now I have to get it out there. Now I have to do this, this, this. Luckily, there are organizations and companies like yours, Sherry, a few around that really are good yeah. really are yeah. good it's not about the buck and and you and several others seem to put your heart into it and you know what you're doing and those are the people that i need to connect with and independent writers do yeah unless yeah. they have their own right hand person i'm yeah. not looking for a traditional publisher i'm not out there really look i mean if somebody came in and said well we saw your book that would be an interesting conversation but I just want it out there. Mm -hmm. I, I Yeah, I agree with that. First of all, I prefer independent publisher as well. Self-publishing sounds like you kind of just 
drew something and just kind of like a, a staple together book or, you know. <laughs> you know, that it's would not be professional. an interesting article, yeah. the difference between self-publishing and being an independent publisher. Absolutely. Because right there, you've done it, Cherry. There, that's the difference there between good and excellent, I think. Mm-hmm. So what do you enjoy most about the creative process? And then alternatively, what's your least favorite part? I love it from the idea, from the beginning, the the idea birthing, and then going forward with a purpose to pick up your word and intention, picking up steam, and then becoming that intention that drives the desire to complete the whole concept. So synchronistically, all the surrounding prompts in our life can inspire us, especially, as I said, visual prompts. So Mm. I love the creative process when I feel a tingle. I mean, I'll actually stop. And sometimes it doesn't hit me straight on. And I have to kind of listen for it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it comes out of either nowhere or it's something that really moved me the other day that I saw, you know, maybe in a walk in the park or in the grocery store. And all of a sudden it will either grow and sometimes it's just a passing thought. But when I get there, I, an old saying, but you start feeling like you're in the zone all of a sudden. And that's when that creativity starts to become inventiveness and it wants to work into form. It's, it's like Elizabeth Gilbert said in her Big Magic. It's one of my very favorite sayings. It's like the idea. An idea will come and search you out, and it lands. And if we ignore the idea for too long, it's going to pick up and fly to someone else. Mm. So it's important when we're inspired, for me, to do something with it. Put it on a post-it note, talk it into my phone, if I can't get to it then. And then even a one or two-liner. And every morning I try and write for a few hours or at least 15 minutes. And I go back to these things. And if there's the hook there, I'll start adding my word colors and I'll start filling it in. And if not, then it was just a momentary thing, which in itself is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst, the the least. (laughs) So... I think the thing that disturbs me is that there is so much talent out there. And if we don't make it, whatever our idea of make it or become a success is, which is usually wrapped around the money, it'll ruin it for us. And sometimes it freezes people where we don't even want to write. And writing can be a very you know, you feel very alone. Mm. So you may not want to read it to anybody. And some of the best books have never been read out loud. That's the way of the writer, but not to get it down at all or to think, oh, I'll never make any money. I think we need to all re-examine what real success feels like. Not what we think it is, but what does it feel like? And if somebody says to me, wow, I read your book or I love this part of the book or, you know, you really helped me in life. And I, I think differently now. One person, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So I've reevaluated what my idea of success is. And not too many people are bestsellers. And there's so much talent out there. And it's not all about writing. You know, people say, I'm not a writer. I, I don't paint. I have no creativity. It's like bullshit, you know? <laughs> How are you about just figuring things out? A lot of people can't even figure things out. It's not their forte. Right. A lot of people can't put flowers together in an inside garden. They don't cook. They do cook. They can draw. I mean, there is so many aspects. That's another thing we teach in school. All the infinite amount of areas that creativity lived in. Mm-hmm. It is a living energy. It wants to be informed. Yeah. I feel like most writers know the writing itself is a one person job, the writing itself. But I feel like the writing community as a whole is a very kind of a tight knit group and there's a place for everyone. I feel like, especially, I I know you said you're not really big on social media. um, Any longer. (laughs) Any longer, but like some of the the writing groups on like Twitter, like Twitter has an amazing writing community and they're supportive of each other and they lift each other up. And so it it is going to be what you make of it for sure. Um, And there is so much talent out there, like you said, and and not everyone's going to be a bestseller. So you've got to decide why your why, why are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, if we tap it down and keep the top on it, you're going to implode or explode. But going back to the writers groups, it is so important, I believe, to find your tribe or your tribes. I belong to the International Women's Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. I belong, uh, belong is not the right word for my writers group at Barnes & Noble that I've been going to for 15 years, run by a just a brilliant man who's in his 80s now and um, has taught me so much. And I've been going on and on for 12. Again, it's been going on forever and uh, we'll continue a little bit more. Um, There's writer nooks and groups everywhere in this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, just go on meetup. But to have people, other people that are of your creative genre or a a mix of all of it is a wonderful thing to be able to talk to because they're the ones that you can say, I'm going crazy here. Or, gee, do you know anybody? And somebody will say, yeah, I do. Here, go. So that open communication is allows you to feel less alone. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, Cass, I was wondering if you would do us the honor of reading a story from your book. I would love that. I would love that. (laughs) Uh, And this is a story in Tiny Tales that also has an image. And this I will choose because we have Halloween, uh, which is coming up. And it's called Once Upon an Evening. The man had been mocking with his wisecracks, verbally abusive. He immediately realized he'd blundered. A raven flew into the room through the window. Long fingers moved so fast, they echoed in the air. I take offense at that remark, sir, the witch said softly. Whatever, he growled under his breath. 
The witch had no other recourse with this sort. She began her chant. The world would feel one less burden with him gone. What was once air became fluid as the witch directed her energy. As the man receded into a sleep-like state, there was a long sigh heard. Footsteps could be heard leaving. There was nothing to be seen anymore where the man had stood. And then I have a short haiku. Hell hath no fury as a witch that has been scorned. Beware the payback. And then I created this image on the next page with a raven, with the witch. This is a three-tier, so I think it fits the story well. I had fun with this one. I, I love that. That sounds like fun. Oh, it's perfect for Halloween, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sherry, so much. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to add today, Cass? Yes. Before we go, I'm setting out a special promotion. It'll start around Halloween and go until about January 2nd. You can find it on my website, which is innerharvesting.com. And what I'm doing is if you buy one book, that's 15% off. If you buy two, that's 20. And if you buy three books, that's 25% off. Uh, I will wrap them. You can have as many book bundles or combinations as you want. It's automatically tabulated on the site. Hmm. And PayPal is also offered. And I will pack them. And I'm paying for postage because this is because of the upcoming season. I will um, pack this in a nice ribbon or a colored scarf and sign it with whatever you put down, you know, to to Sherry with all my love, or buy them for yourself and sign them yourself, uh, or just say, please just sign your name. Whatever directions you you write, I will do. So this is just a very special deal, and uh, I hope everybody takes advantage of it. It's a it's a good deal. Yeah. Oh, it <laughs> sounds wonderful. Yeah. What a nice package. I already have yeah. a, free, a few people who are ahead of time, and I, I just, I'm asking them to wait because my web person has done such a great job figuring out how to have it automatically tabulated. Oh, nice, nice. Well, holiday yeah. shoppers, here you go. Exactly. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> well, Cass, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been a pleasure to learn more about you and your work. This has been absolutely wonderful, and I appreciate this. Thank you, dear. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with C.K. Sobey, author of A Collection of Tiny Stories, Diminutive Tales from the Tip of My Imagination. To learn more about C.K. Sobey and her work, visit her website at innerharvesting.com. And be sure and check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>